Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Episode 54 of History for Weirdos. Woohoo! We are so excited to have an episode for you all. We don't have a ton of announcements this week. No. It's just a normal, weird week for us. <laughs> Nothing too kooky. Um, but we are really excited for this episode. I actually know what Andrew's going to be discussing this week because we got a lot of Instagram messages <laughs> about this subject after sharing a, a video clip that we found on our Instagram stories, we got tons of passionate messages. Oh yes, about and, this subject matter. And by the way, you can follow us on Instagram oh, yeah. at History for Weirdos. Yes, if you aren't already, please check us out there. We are slowly but surely like getting through our messages. We love connecting with you all. It makes us so happy, and it keeps us motivated with the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to give a special shout out to one particular Instagram follower. Um, her name is Meg, mm-hmm. Megan, and she, Steph, you want to talk about her? She has she uh, has a a an art Instagram account that we also follow. It's called Hand underscore Creates on Instagram, and um, Meg's message like kind of gave us a little more information on the subject. Yeah, and it's what inspired Andrew to do this topic for this yes. week. So thank you, Megan. Thanks, Meg. Okay, well, without further ado, let's get into this strange subject and it's so funny we got so many messages on this too because like this is rather obscure this is so weird i had not heard of this before no i hadn't either until very recently and so this week's story revolves around this obscure sport that's no longer around yet was immensely popular about a hundred years ago and of course I want to speak about the practice of horse diving. Yay! (laughs) And for those of you who don't know what this is, yes, it's just how it sounds. It's diving off of a platform into water while riding on top of a horse. Strange indeed. Very strange. (laughs) Yeah. And a portion of the story will revolve around what I like to call the Babe Ruth of horse diving. (laughs) We'll get to her in a moment, though. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I love that there is a Babe Ruth yeah, horse diving. Yeah, I, I kind of coined that. Oh. Yeah, no one else really oh, this has is said your that. Creation? That's, that's my creation. Okay, I'm going to want an explanation at the end. Well, it's just Babe. I mean, it's simple. It's like Babe Ruth is like kind of how you, like who you know from baseball, but he's from like a hundred years ago. It's okay. kind of similar to hear this. Okay. I, I didn't put a ton of thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some like surface level coincidences. I'm like, okay, cool. There we go. I'm sure that'll catch on, babe. Yeah, exactly. I hope so. So, the sport apparently came to be in 1881 when a man by the name of William Doc Carver was crossing a bridge over the Platte River in Nebraska. So, the bridge partially collapsed and his horse, with him still on top of it, dove into the water. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the bridge is collapsing. You know, obviously, it's gonna, that's what's gonna happen. Poor horsey. I know. Gave him probably quite the fright. Mm-hmm. So... This gave him, though, the inspiration to make this into a real sport attraction. So, 
What? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as one does with a brush of death, of course, right? Who endures something like that and then thinks, yes, this is this is the new thing? Exactly. Uh, I don't know. But it's funny, though, because this guy, William Doc Carver, was actually best known as a sharpshooter. And he was friends, contemporaries, with Buffalo Bill. Oh, okay. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. And I'm not talking about Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, that serial killer. Oh, that, no. That's good. I didn't yes. think you were. <laughs> Definitely no. didn't think that was the reference. <laughs> no, that guy gets his name from Buffalo Bill, who is this, like, kind of, like, a Wild West, like, showman from, uh-huh. like, the eight, like the latter part of the 1800s. Yeah, just, like, a famous cowboy for doing cowboy, yeah. cowboy things, That's, right? I, I guess. I, I mean, I didn't do a ton of research into him. It's just, like, one of those people that air names that you know, but you're like, I don't, you can't really put a finger on it. Yes, but you know they're, you, I hear Buffalo Bill and I think, like, cowboy stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of what it was. Okay. Yeah, cowboy stuff. And this guy, Doc Carver, who, and he gets his name Doc because he was literally like a dentist at one point. <laughs> No. Yes. He was a dentist. He was a dentist. Slash sharpshooter. Yeah, slash sharpshooter slash western showman. Now slash like creator of horse diving. What a life. I know, right? He almost deserves like an episode himself, but he's not the focal point here. Okay. He's an integral part of the story, but he's not the focal point. Okay, continue on. So enough about him. We're going to get back to horses. <laughs> the important focal yeah. points here. We're going to fast forward like 13 years to 1894, Kansas City, Missouri. I, you know, it's strange that he's like, you know what? This sounds like a great idea. I'm making a sport. I'm going to wait 13 years though. Who knows like how long it took for him to like formulate the idea or for right. like, him to meet one person who was like, oh yeah, I get it. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I know, seriously. Because that sounds so odd. It's very odd. Um. So the first horse diving act takes place, and it just takes the country by storm. What? Yeah. Uh, people <laughs> as far away as London come to watch this spectacle. No. Yeah. Within a few years, like the sport has migrated to Canada. Oh, my god. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like a big deal. So, I mean, by, yeah, by 1900, it's in Canada. It's an international sport. It's an internationally, like, renowned sport. That's nuts. Yeah. So, clearly, people were entertained by much simpler things back in the day, right? Especially yeah. compared to now. Case in point, one journalist described this, you know, horse diving as, quote, unquestionably the greatest act before the public today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Another said, there can possibly be no more thrilling moment than when the horse, a very beautiful animal, stands on the edge of the great tower and paws at the brink. That poor per no. There's no more thrilling moment, sir. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's not okay. <laughs> That's the most thrilling moment. I mean, it does sound like quite a spectacle, right? Like I would definitely be kind of on the edge of my seat watching. I think, but I feel like I could identify the other things- thrilling moments. Yeah, in my right. Life. Like, ah, uh, you know. Uh, I think there's more, yeah, interesting stuff going on. Okay. Apparently not. Apparently not, though. So, <laughs> you know. 
this, you know, as the sport is threading throughout the country and internationally, it's not really clear whether, like, Doc Carver was the leading man in these spectacles or if there was, like, other events going on that were run by copycats. Mm-hmm. Either way, though, in the 1910s and 20s, like, this this sport is just getting insanely popular. Okay, so and it's really spreading at this time. Exactly, and it's just gaining and gaining popularity. So, let's go to 1923. A woman by the name of Sonora Webster answered an advertisement in a newspaper that called for, quote, an attractive young woman who can swim and dive, likes horses, desires to travel. That sounds super sketchy. It sounds so creepy. Oh, no. I know, right? But funny enough, it was her mother that was like, you know what? You should answer that. That sounds like you, girl. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) So... Initially, she sees, you know, what this advertisement is all about, and she just doesn't like the idea of horse diving, but she witnesses it live. Okay. And it just completely changes her mind. She was transfixed. Wow. She started training immediately, and at first she was diving off of like 12-foot towers and eventually getting a full 40 feet off the ground. Oh my god. Babe, she would eventually even do 60-foot dives. I how tall is 60 feet? I don't even know what that is. It's really tall. And just to put it in perspective, like the highest Olympic diving board uh-huh. is like 32 feet high. Almost double then. Yeah. She's, oh my. Like on a horse. worst case, like she's doing 40, which is higher. And she's doing it on a horse or 60 feet, also on a horse. Oh my God. Like what? I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So... I mean, she described the training as leaving her black and blue all over and being so absurdly sore that she could hardly move. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't blame her. It's like, that sounds insanely grueling. I can't imagine the, like, logistics of it and how hard it would be, like, the mental game of preparing yourself to let the horse jump, right? Right. And then whatever happens when you crash in the water. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you guys swim away from each other? Like, what do you do? I I can tell you. Okay. I genuinely cannot tell you. <laughs> so, you know, and also what's important to note, too, is that, like, she had to ride bareback on the horse. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't use, like, a saddle or stirrups or anything like that. Oh, that makes sense, because you're jumping into the water. Yeah. But um, that's so scary. That's... What if you fall off the horse while you're falling in the air? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely can't tell you. <laughs> Why don't you have all the answers? I know. I, I'm sorry. I don't have the answer to, for this defunct sport. Darn it, babe. Attraction. I, I don't even... I mean, I guess it's a sport. I mean, it's... I'm not... It would be hard. So, yeah, it's a sport. Yeah, let's say it's a sport. Yeah, it's a sport. So, and the horse, you know, obviously could be trained up to a certain extent, but, like, ultimately, the horse can choose whether or not he, he or she, you know, wants to jump. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're at the at the horse's whim a little bit. You are. You definitely are. Because how scary for the horse. Oh, my God. I know. The horse is like, I don't want to do this, man. So the horses are, like, opting into a certain point. They kind of are. Yeah. Because they're, like, you can squeeze you know your legs on a horse or press your um uh, uh, your feet into right. their belly a little bit yeah so that they go but i bet you like if the horse didn't want to do it a little bit or didn't feel like secure they would not do it right exactly so the horse must be down the horse in a way probably is a little down but anyways on may 20th 1924 
Webster, she made her first public dive off of a 40-foot tower at an amusement park in North Carolina. So she later described the experience saying, It was a wild, free, almost primitive thrill that comes only with complete freedom of contact with the earth. All I could think was, I did it. I did it. (sighs) Yeah, you really couldn't pay me enough to do this. I would not do it either. No. So I far, mean, just it's a no. Diving off of a 32-foot platform, right, on um, like the Olympic diving platform, mm-hmm. just by myself is terrifying. Yeah. I would, and I couldn't do a dive. I would just jump off and like do like the pencil dive. Right. Exactly. You know? Same. Yeah. But of a horse, even higher up, oh, heck no. Yeah. Heck no. So she immediately became a sensation so much that, you know, the other woman who was in the troupe that she was in quit because she was just getting all the limelight. So was Webster one of two women in the troupe? Yeah, I think so. Or at least two women, if not more. Is she the only woman then at that point? Like in the world? I have no idea. I don't think so because, like, there's others that are described. I'm not the only other woman in the world. <laughs> but, like, in I this mean, troop. Like, in the sport. <laughs> no, no, not. That's what I meant. Not, like, in the world doing the sport. No, and she's not. Okay. There's there's other women that, that are mentioned, but she's the most famous for sure. I wonder what it is about her that's so um, eye catching. You know, I I don't know. It's so strange. I mean, it was really weird because like a lot of the articles and a lot of like the primary sources, they're just mentioning it as if like this is just like totally normal. And I'm like, <laughs> right? What? And you're like, no. Put give us some context. Yeah, and there was like no context. I'm like, why is she so famous? I, I don't know. Maybe she looked good in a bathing suit. I'm not really sure. I genuinely don't know. Right. So, but, I mean, we do know that she was probably the most famous horse diver in the world at this time. And she's, and she's definitely, like, the most famous, you know, nowadays, like, as, like, historians looking back in time. She's the figure that people look yeah, back to. Yeah, she's the Babe Ruth. She's the Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, she's the Babe Ruth. It'll man. catch on, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's all going gangbusters for the sport, as well for the Carver-Webster team, up yeah. until 1927, when Doc Carver finally kicks the bucket at the age of 76. Okay, so Doc Carver is like her boss up yeah. until he passes away. Exactly. He was like the founder of the sport. He's her boss. And then he finally he finally dies. His son Al takes up the mantle of running the show. And immediately Al and uh, Webster here, they just have sparks that start flying. There's a love story. There's a little bit of a love story. So they actually get married like the very next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And as a wedding present, he gets the act of permanent home at the Atlantic City Steel Pier. Oh, my gosh. That's his wedding present to her? <laughs> yeah. Like, like a Vegas residency is what he Exactly. Gives exactly. It's like a Vegas residency, but in Atlantic City. And yeah. And again, just for you folks, like Atlantic City isn't like the Atlantic City we know today. Like there isn't like the gambling or the the little bit of the seedier aspects, I think. Still. It's still probably a little seedy to be yeah. honest with you. Um the pier, this pier still exists to this day, but the diving platform sadly does not. Mm. Un well, unsurprisingly. Mhm. So her act on the pier is instantly like the most iconic and popular attraction of the day. So the crowds were enormous. Thousands of people would watch her almost daily 
And she performed like up to five times a day. Wow. Like during the peak season. That sounds really challenging. Yeah. Like exhausting. Exactly. And, and you know what's crazy too is like the demographic, there wasn't like a singular like demographic here. Right. It was just everyone went to see her. Like, you know, old, young, rich, poor. Um, like and one of the things that I thought was really funny is they kept on saying that even women looking to score a husband. That's where you'd find your man? Yeah, at exactly. The at the diving? horse diving okay. in the late 20s. That, if we, ladies. Ladies, there you go. That you know what you know, yeah. you know where to find them. Yeah, and everyone in between. I mean, it was everyone went to see them. Yeah, so it wasn't like a niche thing, like oh, that's like oh, those horse diving people. This was right. Very, this was like mainstream. That's so interesting. So in 1931, however, an accident occurred. So oh. horses rarely, if ever, got injured during this thing. In fact, like during the whole like Webster Carver like their troop. Mm-hmm. Not a single horse ever got injured. Wow, that's actually really interesting. I know, right? You know, however, though, divers would get injured all the time. You know, not like all the time, but like, you know, at least a, f- a couple to few times a year. That's so interesting that it's the humans, not the horses. Even right. Even though it's like the human's idea to do this. Exactly. I know. It's it's kind of, it, it, it's better that way, I feel like. Of course. No, yeah. I I would rather the horses not get hurt, to be honest. Right. But that's really interesting that it just works out that way. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, like I mentioned, divers got hurt quite often. But, you know, she went seven years without having a serious accident. Sonora Webster? Sonora Webster, exactly. But she finally got injured. And, you know, what happened was, unfortunately, her horse, you know, either his name was Red Lips, by the way. Oh. Yeah, Red Lips lost his balance or got spooked when he was, like, on top of the platform. We're not really sure. But he dove into the water at a funny angle. And it was... All this happened really quickly. Webster, Mm. she couldn't close her eyes in time. And both of her retinas got (gasps) detached, causing her to be fully blind. Oh, no. Ouch, ouch, ouch. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've... I used to work very briefly in an emergency room. Oh, God. I have seen that. That is not pretty. Oh, that's... I can't imagine. No, I can't. I literally can't either. How traumatizing. And you said it was because she couldn't close her eyes? Yeah, she like hit the water with her face and couldn't close her eyes in time. And you're diving off 40 to 60 feet, right? Yeah. So that's... Oh, and think of all the people that were there watching. Yeah, that must ugh. that must have been horrifying to it's witness. Terrible. Yeah. But here's the crazy part. The most amazing part about this is that she would continue to horse dive for another eleven years until she retired completely in 1942. What? Yeah. So she performed an additional eleven years completely blind. She got back up on that horse. She got back up on the horse, literally. Oh my! I would have been. So afraid to ever do that. Oh, yeah, me too. That would have been horrible. Like, Like, I would be like, oh, heck no. Like, horses are pretty. I'll I'll give them pets, but absolutely never getting on another (laughs) horse again. Yes. That's a, that would be a really understandable reaction. Right. How incredibly resilient, how incredibly, I don't know, like inspiring and insane, almost intimidating that she got back up there and started diving again. Yeah. Exactly. That is fascinating. So she would use a rope or like a rope to help guide her, but she explained that, you know, once you were on the horse, there wasn't a whole lot but for you to do but like to hold on. 
So they would use a rope to like get up on the platform and I think she'd hold on exactly, to it. Exactly. Like get up on the platform and then probably like guide her like along the way, you know, the whole like scenario or the whole like procession mm-hmm. of like getting up on the horse or like walking the horse, you know, and then walking up the platform so that, you know, she was uh, ready to go. And then she would just wait for the horse to jump. Exactly. Yeah, and so her even her younger sister, Arnette, explained Sonora's decision to keep on going with the act. And this is a direct quote from her. Quote, Riding the horse was the most fun you could have, and we just loved it so. We didn't want to give it up. Once you were on the horse, there really wasn't much to do but hold on. The horse was in charge. End quote. Oh, wow. So yeah. her sister did it too? Yeah, her sister joined um, and followed in Sonora's steps. And she became a horse diver, but eventually just left in 1935. Wow. Yeah. That's a, so it was a family affair. It was a little bit of a family affair, exactly. Because Webster's married to Carver Jr. Mm-hmm. And then her sister joins. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. I know. So, you know, after Sonora, though, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Um, after Sonora retired from the sport, horse diving still remained like widely popular and enjoyed, but would slowly fade in popularity over the ensuing years and decades. Okay. Um, by the late 1970s, like interest had declined so significantly that by 78, the act had shuddered on the pier. That's really, really interesting that it even lasted that long, to be honest. Yeah. I would, I thought the reason that it fell from popularity was world war ii like when you were first telling us i was like oh, oh yeah. i wonder if world war ii hits and then people aren't interested in something so like frivolous almost or right. like people don't have the resources yeah. to go but it lasted till the 70s right so i don't think world war ii was a really big impact surprisingly on the sport wow um, yeah so like it was briefly revived in 1993 on the pier but um and but it failed you know pretty quickly and there was an attempt to bring it back in 2012 oh my god really recent yeah really recent but that failed as well though in fact like the very last horse diving act presumably probably in like the entire world was held in lake george new york but by 2018 it had been retired and then i couldn't quite figure out like when exactly the last like dive was so if anyone knows if any weirdos know let us know. Yeah, let us know on Instagram when we post about this episode. If you all know, or, oh my gosh, there's definitely, obviously, people around who saw them. Like, if any of our listeners actually have ever seen a horse diving act, yeah. please share. That's so interesting. That'd be really cool. So, the sport is technically not illegal in the U.S., but due to a lack of demand and intense pressure from animal rights activists, there's really not much of a drive to revive the sport. Yeah. And speaking of which, it is interesting to note, however, that there was not a single recorded case of a horse being injured while diving. I, like, definitely within, like, Carver and the Carver slash, you know, Webster troop. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there was ever, not that I could see, that there was ever, like, a an incident where a horse got injured ever. Okay, at least not that anyone noted. But that anyone noted, right. And if anyone does know, like know for a fact that there was, please let us know. But it's it seemed if it did happen, it was insanely rare. Yeah. Um. So then I feel like that's interesting. You know, however, though I will say that this does not account for emotional damage, you know, to the animal, right? Mm. Or, nor does it like 
or damage that wouldn't have been picked up by like antiquated veterinary medicine that's that a they good just point. couldn't detect it's a good point it could have like been really impacting their nervous system or something that maybe vets weren't aware of exactly that's really interesting yeah but so we're not sure what the impact of this is on horses right at this point exactly okay so you know regardless though it you know it's safe to say that it was like it was mainly pressure from activism that Mm -hmm. like the animal rights activism that eventually brought the sport down you know even arnett webster later commented that you know wherever we went the spca which is like the society for prevention of cruelty to animals was always snooping around trying to find if we were doing anything that was cruel to animals. They never found anything because the horses lived the life of Riley. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, in all the years of the act, there was never a horse that was injured. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the life of Riley was like, I think a TV show or like even like a radio show from like the forties, fifties that was like kind of like good old boy Americana. Oh, okay. So she's saying that the horses lived a good life. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, one, you know, I will, I want to go back to Sonora before we close out this episode. Yes, definitely. So Sonora would eventually write about her experiences in her autobiography, uh, a girl and five brave horses. Oh, I know it's a that's a cute name. That's so sweet. And you know, what's crazy is this would actually be made into a Disney movie in 1991, which Sonora saw and was not a fan of. What? Yeah, she would re- later remark that quote the only true or the only thing true in in it was that I rode diving horses, I went blind, and I continued to ride for another 11 years. End quote. Oh, that okay. So that's also what the overwhelming amount of messages were when we shared the little clip of women horse diving. So many people were like, "Have you seen the Disney movie?" <laughs> yeah, I did not even know it was a Disney. No, movie. No, I didn't know it was a Disney movie until the messages and you know, obviously, researching this episode. And apparently, it's not a very factual Disney no. movie. And I even put in my my uh, notes, "Lol Disney." <laughs> I still want to watch it. I still want to watch it too. So she would eventually die, and actually as late as 2003, at the age of 99. Oh, she lived a really long life. She lived a really long life. And in fact, what's crazy is that she lived over 70 years of her life as a blind person. Wow. From the thing she loved the most. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't put in my notes here, but she actually, part of what she did later on in life after she retired from horse diving was was, uh, being like a... Um, an activist for, you know, uh, seeing impaired people. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So she found another passion. Exactly. And she even well. learned, she became like fluent reader in Braille as well. Yeah. the That's such, that's a space where there's still so much work to be done, right? right. In terms of making things more like equitable and things like that. That's incredible that she, yeah. what a cool lady. Exactly. So this is the tale of the art of sports diving as well. I'm sorry, of sport diving (laughs) i sound like you (laughs) of horse diving as well as its most prolific practitioner sonora webster that's amazing yeah what a wonderfully weird episode yeah i think so too it was really fun like researching this like obviously not very you know um analytical or like anything like just really deeply impactful but i just thought it was so weird and it just really is a good encapsulation of like just history for weirdos exactly because obviously this is something that a hundred years ago plenty of people knew about and 
was probably a big source of entertainment for them. And this is something you and I had not heard of. No. Previously. So that's a great, great example be, of weird history. I would love to see, like, like in 2122, like, what... What is completely obsolete. Exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I would then, also love to time travel and watch... A real horse diving show with Sonora Webster. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. With red lips. With red lips. <laughs> That's such a weird name for a horse. Yeah. It's like, what? So, before I you know close out completely, I just want to list my sources as well. We have The Amusing Planet, All That's Interesting, The Sun Journal, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I could definitely see Ripley's having yeah, information on that's this. That's not surprising. Um, uh, the Spectrum, PBS... And, and, of course, our favorite, Wikipedia. Awesome, babe. This was a great, highly, highly entertaining episode. Yeah, I think so, too. Thank you so much for sharing the history of horse diving, the long-lost sport. The long-lost sport of horse diving. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. And thank you, weirdos, so much for listening and for everyone who, like, shared their thoughts about this and the Disney movie um, for giving us this idea <laughs> yeah. for an episode because this was just, just such a treat. I love... The lighthearted weird stuff because we all need a little bit of that in our lives. We do. We mm-hmm. really do. Thank you so much, weirdos, and we will catch up with you next week. Until next time, weirdos. Adios. Adios.